Welcome to Pod Be With You. I'm Aaron, pastor at First Congregational Church of Dundee. And I'm Paige, and I'm the pastor at the Congregational Church of Batavia. We are here with another Bible study this week, and just like last week, we are delightfully muffled. Because <laughs> even though we're, we're spaced, we're both wearing masks, so if you hear us gasping for breath every now and then, uh, yeah, we, we're a bit hindered, but we're trying to stay safe. There's nothing like spending hundreds of dollars on wonderful audio equipment just to make everything Only to sound terrible. cover your mouth. <laughs> cover your mouth with a mask. So uh, we hope that what we lack in audio quality, we make up for in sparkling repartee and content. <laughs> you, you, you be the judge. Uh, Paige, you are fresh off a, a webinar uh, this, this morning about... Uh, Christ, COVID, and Christmas. Christmas. Yes. How'd that go? It was fantastic. Uh, it was a, a webinar by this organization out of Minnesota called uh, Church Anew, mm. uh, and it was free, which is even better. Uh, but they had um, all sorts of folks come in to talk about what it is to celebrate the holidays from a religious perspective as part of a church in the time of COVID when yeah. we can't get together and the we're not is real. the struggle is real and it was they had all these folks come in they each only had seven minutes uh so they really had to get down to the heart of the matter and it was just really fantastic they covered a whole array of things from um our political dividedness mm -hmm. to the race issues that we've been dealing with in this country mm -hmm. for this last year especially in some mm -hmm. really heavy ways to the heavy grief that people are carrying this year coming into the holidays and i think that's what struck me the most is this understanding from a number of the speakers that it's okay to grieve this season. Um, and we don't have to go into it with sort of a forced, uh, a forced joyousness or a forced mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. A false cheer. Yeah, yeah, a false cheer. It's okay to recognize the fact that we are really truly losing some things yeah. this year. We're not going to be able to gather with our families for Thanksgiving our extended families and friends, a lot of us do that, mm -hmm. uh, and, and Christmas. We're not going to be able to gather in our churches for those kind of sacred worship events that we're so used to with the candlelight and the singing and, uh, and, and the telling of the story. And yeah. it's okay for us to... To name that as a To grief. name that. Yeah. But that doesn't mean at the same time that there isn't also space for Thanksgiving and celebration. That, in fact, grief... And Thanksgiving often go hand in hand in a very weird sort of way. Well, that is just true. Yeah. And if we're honest, that's something many of us are experiencing. And I think there are forces that try to demand of us that we focus on one or the other of those right. as though they weren't both true. Yeah. I know it's been a preaching challenge. Yes. Who wants 18 months by the time this is over? Who wants 18 months of COVID sermons? about how miserable we are. Yep. Well, nobody. But who wants to preach as though it isn't happening? I mean, if you don't preach grounded in reality, you're not doing much. No. My my mother the other day uh, likened it to preaching during wartime. She remembers the, the, the pastor struggling during Vietnam in particular. Yeah. Uh, how do you make years of sermons, not just Vietnam War sermons, and yet she remembers their family leaving that church uh, in, or at least stopped attending in part because the preacher never 
preached about it. Oh my word, really? It, it, right. It, it, and you can't do that. No, it, it, you just you can't just deny reality you that can't, way. Yeah, so, you can't be divorced from what's actually happening and the place where people really are. Yes. Um, and that's that's and just it, real. And it does hurt. Yeah. And there are things I'm going to miss horribly oh. this year. I mean, you you know this. I've told you this before, but. It might be my favorite moment of the year, and I'm writing a pastoral letter about this, so if anybody listens, you'll see this in the pastoral letter. One of my favorite moments of the entire year is that reverent pause after Silent Night on Christmas Eve, and I get to I get the view that nobody else gets. Well, mm-hmm. you and I get right. the view that nobody else gets, right? The pastor looking out on a candlelit congregation. It's one of the most truly lovely things in life, and, and it's one of the... One of those moments where holiness feels tangible. Right. Everyone, every all these faces that we that we love, in their own little pool of candlelight. It's it's just it's glorious. I'm gonna miss that horribly yeah. this year. I'm gonna spend this Christmas Eve preaching into a lens, and it sucks. It does. And and and, and it does for so many people. It, for in in ways that are much worse than that. This is not a pity party, but this is part of your point. I think is yeah. that it's it, it's both very difficult and parts that are sad are real and yet when we're preaching not only is it not (laughs) good audio to do a litany (laughs) of woe week in and week out it's also not the whole truth that's right it's not the whole story because in the midst of all of this uh and this was something that i i was i was writing in in uh the newsletter article that's going on december Mm. in the midst of all of this grief that we're having christmas is still coming christ christ is still going to show up and and we have to be able to just look for christ in different ways than we're used to it's a different kind of incarnation, right. right? In this season when the church has been cast out of its building, yep. we've started to remember maybe more than ever that the church has never been the building. Right. We are the church. And that if, if, if we're celebrating at Christmas, and we are the incarnation, if we're celebrating the stuff of heaven being held by the stuff of the earth, mo- most notably, of course, in the person of Jesus Christ, it, it's also about this living with holiness among us Mm -hmm. and so sometimes the couch becomes the new pew and graham crackers (laughs) and apple juice become communion yep and you yourself are the the home of the spirit of god um it's a your your church is your home is the new sanctuary yeah it and that's not just a reframing i think it's a way of being forced to focus on that and realizing it's true yeah so but that's Advent, and so that means we're a week ahead. If so, we're talking oh, about that yep, now, sorry. we're a week ahead. We're a, no. <laughs> we're a full week ahead. Uh, but... So we are, you, you may or may not know, we often follow the lectionary, the prescribed series of readings for Sundays. But the lectionary doesn't only have readings for Sundays. It's also for some of the high holies, mm-hmm. or even, for us, some of the national holidays. And so you and I are both preaching this Sunday on what will be uh, Thanksgiving texts yes right uh, on texts that are for uh for for thanksgiving uh, and that because is a, we won't see anybody before that and that is a high holy for the united church of christ well that's true <laughs> yeah well that's true to be to we, be fair that really is it comes with some big asterisks next to it but yeah it's one of those cultural high yeah. holies isn't it yeah uh yeah we who love to call ourselves the pilgrims until it becomes uh, incredibly inconvenient yes <laughs> and a little and a little bit messy 
Uh, we were here first, but yeah, all that bad stuff. Let's not, Let's not right, talk about one that. thing at a time. Yeah. So there's many different uh, Thanksgiving texts that are often very clearly about gratitude. There's one that really stood out to the both of us this week for some really insightful, I would say, spiritual diagnoses of the challenges we're facing around gratitude. Yes. Uh, and this comes from the book of Deuteronomy. Which is the last of the first five books of the? It's an Old Testament book, the last of the first five books of the of the uh, of the Old Testament, the books of Moses. I thought you were going to say it's the last place you would think to go <laughs> to find a great text well, about Thanksgiving, uh, but <laughs> perish the thought. I would never. I would never. Uh, no, it is a. Um, but perhaps it's not the first place yeah. we would have thought of. Perhaps right. Uh, at the same time, it, much of this book is. Uh, if not a review, it is it is uh, it is Moses speaking to the people of Israel, saying, "This is where you have been, and not just and now that they are on on the verge of of the promised land and the verge of being done with their wandering and their testing, they're starting the work of saying, not just this is what you've been through, but this is what it meant." They're doing some interpretive work. This is what God has been doing in you. And this next step is coming, and it's going to be amazing. But don't forget where you've come from. Don't forget what God did for you. Don't forget who God made you, because it will be really easy yeah. to forget. And they do. So, and, well, and they do. Spoiler alert. Yeah. They do. Don't we all? Um, but it doesn't mean the, the spiritual challenge wasn't properly diagnosed. Right. And, and it was. So here this, it starts with the promise, this is where God is bringing you, this is what it will be like. And then it transitions to, well, and, and because don't forget what God has done for you. But then it transitions to, and when you get there, don't forget. So this is Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 7 through 18, reading from the New Revised Standard Version. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with flowing streams, with springs and underground waters welling up in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land where you may eat bread without scarcity, where you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and from whose hills you may mine copper. One brief commentary. I mean... It's hard to read, even now, maybe 3,000 years later, these words about this rich, overflowing, abundant land and, and fresh streams of water and figs and hungry, uh, figs and, and honey and, and fresh, abundant bread. And I get hungry just reading yeah, that. No it's kidding. just amazing how primally we still, how viscerally. Engage in that, yeah. Yeah, that, that uh, it still sounds amazing. And also a reminder of what era of human history this came from. And they're talking about iron and, and mining copper, copper. <laughs> right, as being the this place. Okay, uh, so picking up there uh, in verse 10, you shall eat your fill and bless the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. Take care that you do not forget the Lord your God by failing to keep his commandments, his ordinances, and his statutes, which I am commanding you today. And this next part just reads like poetry. It's beautiful. When you have eaten your fill, and have built fine houses and live in them. And when your herds and flocks have multiplied, and your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then 
Do not exalt yourself, forgetting the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness, an arid wasteland with poisonous snakes and scorpions. He made water flow for you from flint rock and fed you in the wilderness with manna that your ancestors did not know to humble you and to test you and in the end to do you good. Do not say to yourself, my power and the might of my own hand have gotten me this wealth, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth so that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your ancestors as he is doing today. May God add understanding to the hearing of these words. Amen. That's just such a powerful and, um, again, uh, you were saying this in terms of the, the, the kind of food language and abundance language, but I think it, it applies to the whole thing. Timely, yes. visceral hmm. uh, reading. Could not sound more contemporary. <laughs> no, right. it couldn't. Not if, not, if, not if somebody sat down to write that today. That's it. Uh, it it's so too to the moment and, um, and speaking to uh, where we are. Um, as you said, um, there's this tendency in humanity and Americans uh, when things are going bad <laughs> to blame God and say, oh, why did you bring me to this moment? Why, why are you doing this to me, God? But when things are going good to say, well, didn't I do a great job? <laughs> yeah, Just, uh, woo, I'm, I'm awesome. Staggered for my own amazing. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I've, I've heard prayers that say something like, God, I just thank you that I have done so well this week. Or, I thank you for my talents or I think, you know, I thank you for what I've done. You know, I thank you. And and it's easy to parody, but it's it's also insidious. It is. It is, it is very easy when things go poorly to look at it as being God's fault or a punishment of God or a test from God or and then when things go well, to uh, applaud ourselves, kind yeah. of get caught up. I, listen, I mean, it's natural. I'll admit, sometimes I am at my most religious and my most devoted when I need something. <laughs> when, when, it's true. When things go wrong. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Then, then we are reminded of how vulnerable we are, how our illusions of, of, of being infallible and impenetrable are gone. And... Yeah. And we're reminded of that fragility and and how thinly woven is the fabric of our lives yeah. at times. Yeah. And this is this is that kind of time for a lot of folks. Um, a couple of different things in here. Uh, one is, so there is this promise of an abundant land. And as we read this around American Thanksgiving, I think this is a point... You know, we often talk about what it means, but sometimes it's almost as important to talk about what scriptures don't mean. Right. And this is a really important passage to uncouple from the European colonization of America, of yes. North America. Yes. Right? Because it is so embedded in our American, for many of us, I'll say, for many of our American consciousnesses, we hear about the abundant land that God has given you. And consciously or unconsciously, we conflate that. We hear resonances of early American colonization, of uh, which we have for so many years, at least when you and I were in school, called discovery, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is still a remarkably uh, myopic phrase to use for a land Absolutely. where people were living. Yep. Uh, 
and colonization and settlement and expansion. Manifest and, destiny. Yeah, and, and exactly. And with that same sense of providential giftedness and manifest destiny, and here is the land that God has given you. No doubt some of our ancestors, and I mean that pretty almost literally, you and I both, Yeah. some of our ancestors probably thought of this land that way, yeah. as a God-given land of abundance, as a promised land. Um, that is, to say the least, really problematic when we look not just uncritically at uh, at that kind of colonistic behavior, but also see the will of providence behind it, see it as God's design, hugely pro- problematic. And yeah. Especially when we read something like this on American Thanks, on or around American Thanksgiving, it is really easy to conflate those ideas. And we don't have to take the whole tangent about deconstruction, deconstructing uh, colonization, but it is important to say, that is not what this is about, and this is not celebrating that. No, and we just need to be careful and aware of it yeah. uh, as we go forward. Because like you said, it's, it's, it's so easy. Um, and, and part of, well, <laughs> here nor there, yeah. uh, part of that is because of the, the story of the entrance of the, of the Hebrews into the land of Canaan, yes. which also has some of those colonistic overtones in which we need to be careful about. Yeah. Uh, when we, the when expulsion of the settled peoples. Yeah, better. yeah. yeah. So we have to we have to bear that in mind and be aware of that. That doesn't mean that we can't read this text and also understand that it's speaking about all of the giftedness that God gives to us. Yes. Um, and so if we can, like you said, uncouple it from from that idea of of of, of uh, colonization and taking over the land, and instead look at it as 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 the way that God. Um, blesses our lives in many different ways. And indeed, um, with creation itself yes. as a gift. Absolutely. That it is all grounded in a gift. Yeah. I was telling you earlier, it reminds me of one of my favorite <laughs> jokes. All right. Uh, uh, as it goes, maybe you've heard this one before. Uh, as it goes, human beings, some point in the near future, have figured out how to create life out of just a teaspoon of common dirt. And it's amazing. Somehow in there we find all the material we need to create cellular and multicellular life and then complex life forms. And we're amazed with ourselves. And But somebody's got to have the uncomfortable job of talking to God and letting God know that we kind of don't need God anymore. Right. And uh, so some unlucky few are tasked with that and they go, and they say, God, I'm I'm sorry, but we've figured out how to how to make life now. And really, that was the last thing you were kind of doing for us. <laughs> so we are we're ready to let you go. And God says, Okay, well, I I, I get it. So uh, yeah, show me. That's amazing. And they say, Okay, well, we we just start with this teaspoon of dirt. And God says, No, 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 no. Get your own dirt. <laughs> right. <That's> so great. <laughs> That's a good one. It's a classic. <laughs> because of course it's great because it's a way of saying that. No matter what we do with these gifts that we've been given, it doesn't change the fact that they were gifts in the first right. place. That 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 this that this land and all of it and all that and all the fruit of the land and in our bodies, life itself, our families, our talents, our energies, our gifts, all of this, very little of it we earned. That's the truth. And, and, and almost all of it we were simply given. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's where this goes in the second part of the passage. Yeah, I think you're right. I, in having that conversation, it also is um, 
it brings me up to that sort of uncomfortable uh, conversation in some ways about privilege too. Sure. Um, and and I don't know why exactly I'm bumping into that right now in terms of this, but um, there are so many of of, of folks out there. Uh, who are uh, willing to say, I am where I am because I worked hard and I got a good education and I mm. pulled myself up by my own bootstraps mm. without recognizing that a lot of that is something that you were born into. Yes. And it's a part of your privilege because you are white or because you are male mm-hmm. or, um, or, or because bodied or straight. Picket, or, right? Yeah. yeah. And, um, and uh, that there's a lot of... Um, a lot of privilege that comes along with that that we are blind to. There's a lot of privilege, yes, that comes along with thinking you did it all yourself. Oh, my gosh. Right? And privilege has a way of blinding us to the tailwinds. It has a way of blinding us to the systems that are are assisting us. It's absolutely related to that. Yeah. Um, And it's a bad habit of a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons Mm -hmm. um, to not realize that no one has ever done anything alone. Right. The, the, the also deeply embedded, this should be uncoupled from, or at least this should address pretty directly, is that American myth, that myth that is deeply embedded in the American consciousness of the self-sufficient, rugged individual right. doing it him or herself. Right. This is not to, de- not to diminish or dismiss the importance of individual responsibility, of hard work, of determination, of... of of all these other really good things, but so often that part of the understanding, so part of that understanding of the individual and the myth of the self-made person mm-hmm. is this ridiculous illusion. And it's, it's, it's to the detriment of our collective responsibility and recognition that it takes all of us to do just about anything. Yeah. And that every single action you take or don't take relies on what millions of others have done <laughs> and that we are connected. And, and I think the point for me in this, we could, I could rant about that for a long time, but I think the point is that if you live that way, so obsessed with how awesome you are at what you're doing, there is no way to get to gratitude from there. That's right. Right? There's no path. There's no path to gratitude from there. If you're not if you're not aware, if you have no perspective, no perception of what people are doing that are making your life possible, then there's no way to gratitude mm-hmm. from there. And that's a it's a pretty hollow way to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. Mm. That's part of what we're going to be hold, holding together on Thanksgiving. Um, but and, and I think there's this as well. Uh, I, I don't, this is not to diminish or deny grief, collective or individual. It's going to be hard. It is. You, you mentioned last week the Book of Joy, which we had done a couple of years ago as a Bible study or as a, as a worship as a series. series yeah. yeah. And, um, and that you're doing again as a Bible study, right, uh, in Batavia. Oh, we're having so much fun with it. it oh. It's uh, it's so nice to re-engage with the book. I I remembered it with great fondness, and and in rereading it, especially in this season, mm-hmm. um, with uh, sort of a new eye 
uh, toward what's actually being said and the ways in which it's so real. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, that, that suffering is there, that it's real, that you can't ignore it. And yet there is joy in the midst and sometimes even coming out of the suffering yeah, in, a, in a gets, powerful way. That's where it gets to. And one of the things that I remember, and in this context, one of the things I remember from that book is it feels like on some level in every page they are bringing up mindfulness and gratitude. Yes. Right? Yes. And so if we say there is no, there's no path from self-absorbed illusion of self-reliance, if there's no path from there to gratitude, there's no path to joy without gratitude. So all, all just about all joy that they speak of has a, has an element of gratitude. Gratitude is an ingredient in, in all forms of joy. Mm-hmm. And so if we're looking to cultivate joy, you have to have gratitude be a part of that. And, and so it, it, and, and so I guess what we're saying is that it, we're not going to deny grief, pain, sadness, it's real suffering, it hurts. God, God willing, it's not forever. Uh, and at the same time, that's a dead end. Yeah. To stay there. To wallow in it. To have that be the only story is a dead end. Yeah. And, and that's hard. And so we're not here to just say, hey, look on the bright side, get over it. Um, you know, if only you had faith, you'd be doing this better. <laughs> Any of this kind of, right? It's not that. That's not at all what But it's also say. to say, when you're stuck there, it's important to say what's next. Yeah. And you can't get to what's next without grounding yourself in gratitude. And that, mm-hmm. that can be what the days ahead are about. Yeah. We'll find out anyway, right? Yeah, I think that's true. See where this goes on Sunday. All right, you got some handles for us? Uh, you can you can find uh, find the Congregational Church of Batavia at congregationalchurch.org. Uh, like I said, uh, we'll I can't be. Can't believe com- you guys scored that. How did you get? I don't have any congregationalchurch.org. I you know what did I you claim that in, before in the internet even be forty one. I know I don't know how they scored it, but it's amazing. It, but, but that's what it is. Um, uh, you can find us there. At, at the present, we don't have a Twitter handle, but um, we may be coming up with one, and, and we'll let you know. Uh, All right. Well, we have one. Comes. I just don't use it. <laughs> but we are FCCDundee.com, FCC of Dundee at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's where we do. Um, uh, that's where we have our worship services online. And I should add that this Sunday, uh, the 22nd at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on that Facebook page and our YouTube channel, which you can like and subscribe to, will be a live-streamed concert from our organist and pianist and assistant director of music, Linda Gilmore. That'll be so cool. talents I have been missing. That's been one of the parts that's been most difficult. We haven't been singing our great hymns. We haven't yeah. been you know, hearing that music ministry the same way. So we get a straight hour of that on Sunday uh, of Linda. In any case... Anything else for the common good? No, not right now. But thank you for uh, tuning in today. Um, I'm grateful for that. Me too. And for your willingness to be involved in this little project that we're engaged in. And it's just wonderful. And we probably won't talk to you again beforehand. So happy Thanksgiving. Uh, May it be blessed even in its own unique way this year. May it be blessed. May you be well. Lots of love to all of you. Thank you. And we'll see you soon.